Hello, everyone, and welcome on into another episode of Betting the High Line. I'm Thomas Viola, joined as always by Taylor Wilson, here to bring you all of the betting breakdowns you need to make your best plays on the soccer pitch this weekend and beyond. Taylor, how are you doing today? Doing well, Tom. Uh, happy to be talking some soccer in the midst of, uh, you know, a few other things going on around the country. Um, but we're going to focus on the soccer betting here today. And, uh, you know, it was a good, a good start to the week, Tom, for me. But once we get into the best bets, it'll reveal that maybe not as good as I thought uh, last week and the actual wagers themselves. So we'll get into it. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it was a rough weekend for me as well. But before we get into that real quick, we just want to give a big, big shout out to our really, I guess you can say our entire support network in the Book It Sports Network. They have finally launched their app. It is live now. You can download it. Go to bookitsports.app. You can find it on the Apple Store, the Android, the Google Play Store. And I don't know if you've been able to play around with it at all yet, Taylor, but it is absolutely awesome. They let you track your bets. They let you it combines all the services of a bet tracker with social media. You can see lines. You can post about what you're playing. You can follow other people, including our friends like Jeff Parles and, of course, our CEO, Trent. It is an absolutely awesome app. Everyone should go check it out, and they should follow They, they should follow us if they aren't already. You can find me at TV at work, just like on Twitter. Taylor, have you messed around with the app at all yet? Yeah, I have. I mean, it really feels like the next wave of everything, not just sports betting, but following sports, um, being involved in kind of the social media worlds. You know, everyone these days is on Twitter and the timeline can be great. Sometimes it can be less so. Uh, I think this is just a really fun way for everyone to kind of collaborate, to, you know, uh, see what every other every other person is doing. And um, yeah, it's a really fun interface. It really is, and it's only going to get better. They're going to add soccer lines soon, I'm told, and then we'll finally really be able to take off with it. I'm looking forward to that. But what I'm not looking forward to is telling you guys about how I went 0-3 once again in my best bets this week. It was another absolutely brutal smackdown for me. I have not had much luck since we started the podcast, which is really not a good thing. I was on a great run before we started recording, and now that it's on the records – it's all out the window. That's what they all say, Tom. Yep. Uh, Stuttgart, they t- they drew with Schalke. I was looking for the Stuttgart win there. Um, Arsenal, absolute disaster for me. I was looking at that over two and a half. That didn't play out. And then Ajax only wins by one, and I had one and a half. Yeah, so like I said to you before we started recording, I really was off to a great start. I started out 5-0 and oh in the Prem last week. Um, unfortunately, only one of my best bets was part of that run. It was Chelsea minus one, laying a little bit of juice at minus 120. Um, that was a game Chelsea won comfortably over Burnley 3 0. Uh, and it really felt like they just had that in the bag from the very beginning of that match. Things kept going well in the Prem for me. I ended up getting, uh, like I said, to 5 0, went into the Newcastle Everton game, no touch, but it really was that Man United Arsenal game that started going south for me. I liked the draw. Uh, ultimately, I think that's what would have hit if there wasn't a penalty decision. But, hey, that's the era that we're living in now with uh, all of the penalties all of the time. Uh, That wasn't a best bet, though. What was was this Fulham-West Brom game at over two and a half, two atrocious defenses. Fulham ends up winning at 2-0. What the hell, man? Come on. Like, I I felt great uh, about what this looked like on paper. But sometimes these smaller teams, Tom, they just, you have to throw out metrics. You have to throw out everything because you have no idea what's going to happen when they play each other. And that's kind of what happened in this game. Um, and then into the Champions League, we both have been talking a ton about Inter Milan on this show. And, you know, I, I continue to like some of the things they're doing. The biggest kind of um, twist to this game was no Lukaku. So this is one where you kind of realize that and you try to decide, do you still want to take it? I still did take it. We talked about plus 240 on the show. I ended up getting it at plus 250. Um, and Real winning that game three to two. Inter continuing to do really exciting things going forward. But man, defensively, they have significant issues. And that's ended up, that was what screwed me over in that game. So one and two uh, on the week, uh, minus one unit. And I'm now minus one unit on the net, but three and six overall, Tom. 
Well, that's certainly better than my one, one and five record going in, right? One, one and six record going in right now. I'm down to minus four units at this point. It, it definitely hurts, but we'll try and bounce back this week. And then we have the international break to kind of give us a little bit of a palate cleanser to, I don't know, reset a little bit and try and come back hard, uh, try and come back better. I think. Yeah, it's the time to maybe do a little bit of, uh, I don't know, fall gardening. I guess you can only do that in Vegas. Some of us can't uh, exactly do that this time of year. Uh, but yeah, you know, get into, get into whatever, whatever hobby you're into on those international breaks, try to save a little money and uh, get right back at it. Yeah, it's, it, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to take a look at, especially with the U S national team. I talked about it on my other show, the other football podcast. I'm really excited to see this U S national team play. We're going in with a really youthful squad, no players who are playing in MLS. It's an entirely European team excited to see them in the break but we still have one more week of premier league action before we get there let's dive right into it first match and starting off very strong here with one of the most anticipated matches of the day of the (laughs) the week brighton and hove versus burnley now since we record on thursdays this match hasn't been played yet but let's real quick touch on it just in case this pod drops on Friday before the match, although I have my doubts. What a tease. I'm going Brighton minus 113 on the money line, Tom. They are 16th in the table, but they're eighth in expected points on the analytics there. Um, they've really underperformed when it comes to results against like how they've actually played this year. Six games in a row without a win. I can understand that'll throw some people off, but this Burnley team truly might be the worst team in the Premier League this year. And, you know, I like finding trends. I like finding teams that I like to bet for. But it can also be fun to find a team that you like to fade throughout the year, especially now when the numbers aren't completely lopsided in these Burnley games yet. You can get Brighton at a solid enough. Yes, it's a minus price, but I'm willing to lay that minus 113 to fade a Burnley team that I think is just atrocious right now. Can't do anything going forward. They're okay defensively. That's mainly because they have one of the best goalies in the league. But outside of Nick Pope, very little talent on this Burnley team. Brighton, they have playmakers. Uh, they have struggled to put some of those chances home. I think they'll put enough of them home in this game. Give me Brighton, money line, minus 113. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Brighton is just a better team here. You're right. Burnley looks atrocious. I think Fulham might still be worse than them, but they did at least get a win last week. But yeah, this is this is not a game where you can really look anywhere else but Brighton. Maybe a little bit at the total, but... Like we learned last week, you sometimes just want to throw out those records, even if there are the bad defenses. It doesn't mean that the bad offenses are going to be able to score that many goals. It's not like the NFL where, typically speaking, when two bad teams play, the offenses come out on top and give us a little bit of a push towards an over. Once again, we use mostly DraftKings for our line simply because of the wide betting options that they give you. They have a really good soccer betting menu and are most of the time, they're available in more states than if we used, say, Vegas lines and we obviously don't want to use offshore lines as much as we can because that's just the most it's not the most reputable and you don't want to be adding a second bet and making every single bet a parlay as to whether or not you're going to get paid out but (laughs) let's move on from there Southampton versus Newcastle Southampton's minus 108 on the money line and I think that's going to be one of my best bets of the week yeah, it's a great move. I will caution people just to take a look at some of the injury reports in this because Danny Ings is not expected to play. He's probably going to get surgery and he will be back uh, after the international break. So then you have to ask yourself, how important is Danny Ings to this team? I think if you were to ask my, ask my advice on this last season, I would have said don't touch this because of how important Danny Ings was into last year. Danny Ings is still a great player, one of the most underrated goal scorers in the league. But I think there's enough pieces to what Southampton is doing right now, especially in midfield um, and especially against the Newcastle defense, Tom, that has not been very good this year. Fifth worst in expected goals against in the league. Saints seventh in goals scored a little bit further back in XG. You could argue that Danny Ings is helping them overconvert, but Shea Adams has been scoring goals. James Ward-Prowse has become this kind of man of many hats midfielder who can score goals, great passer. Um, I like what they're doing tactically. I think this is a great price to get Southampton at. And uh, yeah, I might lean best bet as well on this, Tom. We won't spoil that until later in the show, but uh, I am also taking uh, Southampton Moneyline. Minus 108 is what I saw. Now, a matchup that actually includes a couple teams near the top of the table, or at least trying to get up there. Manchester United struggling a little bit so far this season. It's been a real roller coaster for Ole. 
we thought that we 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 thought after the Chelsea draw and the PSG win, okay, his job's safe. He's bought some time. And then yesterday, what on earth was that for Man United? Yeah, I mean, United really the entire Ole Gunnar Solskjaer era has been the kings of fooling you. You know, they go on these runs and then they completely fall apart again. Everyone saw those incredible results in the Champions League, beating PSG, thrashing Leipzig 5-0 in a game that was a gambling nightmare for many people, uh, yours truly included. Um, I don't think this is a terrible United team. I don't think it's a great team. The problem with them from a gambling perspective is how inconsistent they are. You don't know who's going to show up. This is a game that's very disparate as far as entertainment value and gambling value. I am going no touch in this, Tom, despite the fact that it's the second most intriguing game of the Premier League match week this week after, of course, that City-Liverpool game. Uh, I'm really excited to see this. I think it'll show us a lot about both of these teams because, let's face it, Everton, they've been sliding as well after their hot start. Um, Quick note on James Rodriguez. Apparently, some reports out that his injury is a bruised testicle. So our thoughts are with James uh, as he tries to recover there. Uh, Not entirely clear if he's going to play. Richarlison's still not back for your toffees, Tom. Um, I just, there's not a, I haven't seen a number. I haven't seen a play that I like in this. I don't like either side. Naturally, I would probably go to the total, but I I think the books have kind of nailed it right in that middle where I I don't love that either. Um, This is a no touch for me. Now, part of me is leaning Manchester United here. Yes, I'm an Everton fan, but we've been on this slide now, winless in the last three, including losses to Southampton and Newcastle, which was a brutal one. Without Richarlison, Digne, and Rodriguez in the lineup, this team really isn't all that special, and they don't know what they're doing. And Carlo Ancelotti has to fix that. That has to – and maybe you fix that in the transfer window, but they need to have more options from more places so that they're not so heavily reliant on a couple players to create their entire attack. But you look at Manchester United, and they also are – certainly dealing with it right now they're coming back from europe in a midweek europa league game that was a disaster for them and it it makes me still want to say that they're going to want to bounce back in this game more than everton is and they're going to be able to get that win and the plus money is a little bit tantalizing but overall i can't play it as more than a lean on united right now because i don't i just don't see I don't see who has the clear-cut advantage when you balance those out, and that's my problem with it. Yeah, on paper, I just everything is pointing against United right now. Let's be clear. They're 15th, Tom. 15th in the table. It sounds yeah. crazy to say, but like they are close to the drop zone right now. Now, no one expects them to get relegated, obviously, but this sample size of Prem action for them is getting larger and larger. Not only are they 15th, they're 19th in expected points in the table. So they're the second worst analytic team based on the expected goals metrics in the Premier League this season. That is horrific. So I don't care what they're doing in the Champions League. Now, that has gone south as well with their loss in Turkey, uh, which, by the way, was an incredible gambling hit. I think plus 700 a lot of people could have gotten the Saksa here at before that game. Um, But, I, you know, I don't have a lot of confidence in Everton either. Again, this goes to the no touch. So many of these players for United, really for like seven or eight years now, since the Sir Alex Ferguson era, since the last time they won the title, all the way back in 2013, have not panned out. Paul Pogba, once considered one of the world's superstars of the game, looks like a shadow of his old self. I don't know who you rely on in this United team. The answer might be Bruno Fernandes, but how much can he do? Um, I, I just, I don't see it with what Manchester United is doing right now. Now, the resounding logic there is, hey, if you think that United is never what you think they are, <laughs> maybe they come out and win this game by four goals, but I'm not touching it. Yeah, I think there's just too much uncertainty to really touch that one. Now, another game, I, I'm curious as to your thoughts on this because part of me part of me likes a side, part of me is saying, I don't know, might want to stay away here. Crystal Palace and Leeds, it's a battle of 12th versus 13th in the table. We're talking pure mediocrity here. Yes, we are, and I'm not looking at either side of the result. I'm instead looking at the over, Tom. It's at two and a half. You can get it at an even price. Uh, Leeds, the fifth highest XG expected goals in the league, the second worst expected goals against Palace, the fourth worst expected goals against. So neither of these are very good defensive teams. I think it's going to be an open game. We've seen what happens with Leeds. People will point to, you know, oh, they've had a, a they've had a one one against Man City, right? They've had a couple of these lower scoring games, but. 
if you really watch those games, like that Man City 1-1 game, I'm still astounded by how there were only two goals in it. You know, even the Villa game that they won 3-0, there should have been probably six or seven goals in it. So obviously the books don't care what the expected goals say, right? You need to put the ball in the back of the net. Um, but I think both of these teams will do enough at a pretty reasonable number to get three or four total goals in this and be able to hit this over. Um, you know, keep in mind, Leeds is a team that had that crazy 4-3 against Fulham earlier this year, that 4-3 against Liverpool earlier this year as well. Um, if I do play a side here, if you told me I have to, which of course, as you're always reminding us, Tom, you don't have to play anything, uh, I would probably go Leeds, but I'm offering the over as the best play in this. I was thinking Leeds as well. They're where I'd lean if I was picking a side, but you got me with that over. When you're hitting over two and a half in a game like this with that kind of expected goals and a Leeds offense that has been able to do some damage and put up some goals while featuring a little bit of a leaky defense as well. And Crystal Palace, Wilfred Zaha can always put one or two in the back of the net. I, I love that over two and a half total. Now let's move on to Chelsea versus Sheffield in a game definitely of two heavyweight Titans here. I'm guessing that you've got Sheffield at this plus 750 price, right? <laughs> a lot of value, Tom. A lot of value. A lot of value. Um, Chelsea's like, uh, you know, we had this moment like every single week, right, after the restart last season where there was just soccer, soccer, soccer. There were basically two league games a week. Once the European competitions came back, there was just so much soccer all the time. Um, and it was constantly this question of, like, who is in form? Because you'd have one team completely in form for a week, then it was another team. Um, but right now, like, last year, the teams that I looked at for that, for example, were Atalanta, right? It was like, I have to hit this team every single time. Right now, Chelsea is in outstanding form. They're not only winning these games, but they're winning them comfortably. Now, the counter to all of that is, well, look who they're playing, right? I said it myself, Burnley, possibly the worst team in the league, certainly one of the three worst, fully expect them to go down. Um, but Chelsea completely manhandled them. They completely manhandled Krasnodar, another team that you could say is not very good. They completely destroyed Rene, another team that you could say, is not very good. So the question is, how good is Chelsea? You go back to that Man United game. How good is Man United, right? When Chelsea went and got that uh, nil-nil result. The thing that's clear to me, though, about Chelsea is how good their defense is right now. Edward Mendy has come into that team, completely upgraded the goalkeeper position from what Kepa was doing last season. Even when Kepa's played this year, the last time that Chelsea slipped up was when Kepa played. It was that 3-3 Southampton game that Chelsea should have won 3-2 and completely slipped at the end. Uh, and it was fully because of Kepa in that game as well. So, uh, yes, there are probably still some problems at the center back positions. I don't love a 36-year-old Thiago Silva uh, in a, you know, 10-month season. We'll see what happens in the second half. But for now, Chelsea keeps getting the clean sheets. Mendy is really good in goal. Uh, and I think Chelsea, therefore, is almost a lock to win this game. Now, the question is, where do you find the value, right? Because like I mean, you mentioned that price for Sheffield United, you're not going to take Chelsea on the money line. Um, I'm adjusting this to Chelsea minus one and a half to get a plus price on the minus one and a half goals at plus 108. Um, the argument here is, hey, Sheffield United, pretty good defensively last year. They don't get blown out a whole lot. But I'm seeing what Chelsea is doing against the so-called bad teams. And I think at this point, I would put Sheffield United more or less in that category. I think Chelsea is going to have another comfortable victory here. I can get the plus price at minus one and a half. Uh, that's what I'm going with. Chelsea minus one and a half goals plus 108. I'm completely tailing you on that. I know it's it's very basic of me to do, but that 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 is absolutely the play here. You you're hoping that they can win by the two goals and like we've said they're blowing out bad teams. They're kind of doing what Man City did over the last couple of years. I'm a fan of this team and especially at that price because you got to find the value somewhere and you're certainly not finding it on the money line, but I could see this game finishing Chelsea 2 or 3-0. And Sheffield has just looked hopeless this year. They look nothing like what they did last year. And I think the dream is ending for them. They're heading back down at the end of this season. Two other teams with a chance to head back down at the end of this season. West Ham going up against Fulham. And West Ham may be a team that's not in the relegation zone right now. They're sitting at 14th. But Fulham right in that 17th spot, just barely safe right now. Long season still to go. But they have looked atrocious this season. 
West Ham minus 121, Fulham plus 310, and the draw at plus 285. Are you looking at West Ham? Are you looking at a total, or is this a no play? It's a tricky one for me. Uh, another injury note here at the striker position is Mikel Antonio will not be playing here for West Ham, which I, I think is enough to maybe throw me off of any kind of a West Ham play with U.S. currency. Um, you know, it, it's another one where the advice I would give might be a little bit different than what I actually touch. Like, I do think West Ham at minus 121 is fair enough. That's not a crazy bad price. And I'd be shocked if West Ham doesn't win this game. But at the same time, like, you know, there's a lot of games out there, Tom. As you say, there's a lot of action out there to be had. Do you really want to be betting West Ham Fulham? Is it really the game that you need to be touching? I don't think so. I'm leaning no touch on that. But I do think West Ham Moneyline is the play. Uh, I wouldn't do anything with Fulham. Yes, I know they're finally in the win column. I'm sure their fans, the Cottagers, We'll be happy about that. But third worst expected goals average in the league. Still a defense that despite not giving up as many goals, they got the clean sheet last week, uh, I think still are due to continue to give up pretty high numbers of goals this year. West Ham, eighth best expected goals in the league, above average offense. Even without Antonio, I think they should win. I'm probably not touching. This Fulham team desperately needs Brian McBride back, really. Yes. McBride West and Dempsey. Brown. Yes, you're right. Uh, Fulham, often called Full America for a very good reason. They always bring in American players. They've got Tim Ream over there now, and I believe Anthony Robinson as well. Yes, sir. Yep. West Brom, Tottenham. Tottenham right now beating up on Ludogrets as we're recording this in the Europa League. So a much better result for them there than last week when we were recording and they were in the middle of a bad loss. But this Spurs team, you want to talk about up and down. Mourinho ball is in full effect, and you never know what you're getting out of this team. You don't. Uh, you mentioned that Europa League loss last week. Mourinho posting on social media a picture that he clearly had staged because he had to have someone take the picture of him on the bus of him just, like, looking forlorn and saying that he hopes the rest of the team is also as upset as he was. Um, <laughs> I, I, You know, I, Spurs, look, there is obvious chatter about them as an outside title winning team, right? They managed to get that Brighton win last week. They managed to get the Burnley win before. What's notable about those games? Well, I think it's games that Spurs teams in past seasons probably would have dropped a couple of points in. Uh, this is a team that's finding ways to close out games. Uh, and I know people are going to say, well, it wasn't that long ago that they had that West Ham draw. You know, they've had some disappointing results this year. But they might be the third or fourth best team in the league. A lot of positivity with what's happening with them. But I just, there aren't really good numbers in this game. I mean, I, the best play would probably be extending the goal line to minus one and a half Spurs at plus 148 just because of how bad West Brom is. A um, little bit underrated how bad West Brom has been, Tom. I mean, I, you know, they had some, some real kind of joy early in the season, especially with that crazy Chelsea game where – they were up 3-0 at halftime, but they really pulled in Atlanta Falcons and ended up drawing it 3-3. So, I, you know, I don't love any play here. I hate to go another no bet. Um, again, I, I'd probably extend the Spurs goal line just to get close to plus 150 value. But do you want to trust Spurs to win games by two goals? Recent history would say that you want a play that just wins Spurs the game. And as I've said on this pod, I don't love these kind of push protection bets where you're just betting to get the push uh, at minus one. So um, I'm probably not playing this one either. Yeah, there's really nothing of value here. There's no, there's no, Tottenham's price is going to be too exorbitant to make you want to take them, but Tottenham's inconsistency is going to make them far too unsure of a bet to take with any sort of confidence. I got to go no play here too. I know it's it's a rough week on the Premier League slate in terms of finding value. And sometimes when you don't find that value, well, you you just got to move on. And we can move on to what is going to be a much better game. And I'm actually really excited to watch this one. Leicester going up against Wolves. Leicester's a plus 133 favorite. Wolves plus 235 and the draw plus 210. And this is also a game where I think the total comes into play because I think we're going to see a couple goals in this one. Really, really fun fixture. Very, do not sleep on this one. A lot of fun from both of these teams. Uh, it's a Midlands derby. Some history between both of these teams. Very hard one to call. I look at these types of matchups and I wonder who's going to impose their style more. 
And when it's kind of a question of identity, I usually go with the team whose midfield I like more, which in this case is Leicester. I've talked a lot about these players like Barnes, Tielemans, Madison. You've obviously mentioned uh, Jamie Vardy up top who continues to score goals. What I liked from Leicester last week was they managed to score with ease without necessarily needing Vardy to do all of it. Now, he scored one of them, but they also scored three others without him. Um, and I just do think there's enough creation here to cause Wolves some problems. I'm going to go Leicester plus 133. I think your total uh, nudge just now was not something I looked too carefully at. That's an interesting play too, but I'm going to go with Leicester at home in this game plus 133. I think I have to copy you on that play because that, that's the team that I was, that I was shading in towards. And you're right. They're starting to score goals without Vardy. And that is the biggest thing for this team because last season they ran through Vardy and he is not getting any younger. The more they're going to rely on him moving forward, the worse off they're going to be. And so it's been really refreshing to see this team starting to take that, to take that step out and start diversifying that attack. And I think that's, what's going to help them in the long run in terms of staying and competing at the level that they have been ever since winning that winning the premier league. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I look, Lester, what Lester did last season, yeah, okay, they finished fifth, right? They, they, they went into the final match day with a chance at Champions League. They didn't get it. So the history books will just show that they finished fifth. But that was such an impressive run, especially with injuries to guys like James Madison, Yuri Tielemans. I mean, I, Lester has continued to be a really impressive product in this league since winning the title. You know, there was this idea like Lester before winning the title – um, were something of a minnow. They were a yo-yo club back and forth. There was an idea going into yeah. that title winning season that they would get relegated and then they won the Premier League title. Let's not forget how crazy that was. But to me, it might be even crazier that they've stayed around, Tom. They haven't gone anywhere. They've continued to be one of the most impressive teams in this league outside of the big six. Um, they're almost like a soft big seven club, right? Like they, they're kind of constantly in that mix. Last year, they were considerably better than either of the North London teams. They were right up there with Man United into the final match day of the season. Um, I, you know, I, there's no reason to think this team can't be in the Champions League mix, the top four mix again this year. Uh, and so I, I don't really feel that way about Wolves. I think they're going to keep progressing a little bit this season. Raul Jimenez continues to score at a crazy high clip that has to tail off at some point. Their defense is good, though. Wolves has the most clean sheets in the league. So, you know, that's a thing to keep an eye on. But uh, I just – Lester's ceiling is much higher. I think this is the type of game where you see that come through. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you on that. Now, let's move on to the match of the week. Man City, even money against Liverpool, who come in as the underdogs here at plus 240. Of course, they are very beaten up. They'll be without Virgil van Dijk for the rest of the season. They've had to answer a lot of questions with this back line. I don't know, though. That plus 240 is very tempting for me in this game. So this has to be the game of the season so far, right? Like th this is the game that's been circled for weeks. Um, not just throw out the gambling sides for a second, throw out the allegiances, whether you're a Man City fan, a Liverpool fan, or betting on this game. Even if you have none of those things involved, this will be a really high stakes, exciting game of soccer. Um, that value, the, the prices in this are extremely confusing to me, Tom. Like, I, plus 240 is way too good value to pass up. That's my play in this. I have to go yeah. Liverpool. Because, like, yes, the panic alarms were sounded when they lost 7-2 to Villa. We're going to keep mentioning that game until it doesn't, you know, until it gets boring to mention it. Um, but really, since the international break, since that drubbing, they've been an efficient, solid team, despite losing one of the five best center backs in the world in Virgil van Dijk for the season. Thiago Alcantara, their star defensive midfield signing, has not been healthy. But you know who has and who's come off the bench and done some really exciting things is Diogo Jota. We mentioned Wolves. What a signing he has been for Liverpool. He seems to be kind of filling in a hole for, you know, when you have that front three of Salah, Mane, and Firmino, they've been great. But the amount of miles on those guys, particularly a guy like Mo Salah, he's still playing at a high level. But you don't want to have to rely on him. It's kind of like what you mentioned with, Le with Leicester and, and Vardy, right? Like, no one's taking anything away from what Vardy is doing still in this league, in this sport. But you want to have your options for the future. Jota, a guy in his mid-20s, was a really, really good signing for Liverpool. It, for a while, it looked like this offseason, 
was going to be underwhelming. It was going to be disappointing. And then at the last week, they got Tiago, they got Jota. Both signings look great if Tiago can get healthy. Um, and I think Liverpool is so much better than the panic that people have put into this team at times this year. City, they have won 11 of their last 13 at home in the Prem, but I'm kind of throwing that out, especially when I'm getting this kind of value for Liverpool. They have the best expected goals in the league. They have the second most goals scored. They have the most shots on target. They have the most accurate passes a match and the most possessions won in the final third. They are still the best team in the English Premier League. The catch, of course, Man City, they're second in a lot of those categories. So it'll be a fun one. But I think Liverpool's good enough, particularly with that price. I'm the same way. Uh, Jota, I think he's going to slot in and take Firmino's spot in the lineup before the end of the season. I think that that is the writing on the wall here because he is scoring the goals that they need Firmino to score. And while Firmino has been a good player, right now Jota is outperforming him. And if that keeps up, expect to see him in that starting lineup, in that spot. I really think that's what's going to happen. But in this game in particular, getting that plus 240 on Liverpool, you you have to take that level of value in this game. I think that that price is way off. I'm completely with you here. Yeah, if only you could bet on whether or not Jota will uh, be starting. And maybe you could find some prop that helps you out there. I don't know. But I'm with you. I agree. Like Jota has to be a regular part of this team going forward. You're getting 8-1 to one on Jota to score a goal tomorrow. Or this weekend. Oh, ho, ho, ho. What? Okay, that's that. I mean, can make, make that one of your best bets if you want to, Tom. That's an interesting one. Yeah, that, that, that's got to be a play right there because he has been on absolute fire. So you're getting the value because he's coming off the bench, but that hasn't stopped him. And I, I really like that one. I think we'll hear about that one again in best bets. But right now, let's head on over to the final game. And I think this one could actually be a little more competitive than we're giving it credit than the books are giving it credit for. I'm not saying I have a lean to it, but Arsenal versus Aston Villa. Arsenal's minus 150, Villa plus 410, and the draw plus 295. I don't know. Are we writing are we ready to write off Aston Villa? I'm not, particularly against an Arsenal team that, you know, we mentioned United. You like don't want to trust anything that you see from them. You want to kind of go against the trend. I think Arsenal is still that team, right? Like, I like what Arteta is doing. Um, I, I think last week, especially from guys like Gabriel, Thomas Partey, Mohamed Elneny, like what they were showing in midfield shows that the Mikel Arteta system is working, but they just don't have enough creative players. You know, like Mesut Ozil was that man for this team and is just completely existing in limbo. It doesn't seem like Arteta is going to involve him anytime soon. Um, they need an Ozil, but they need Ozil like four years ago. And they don't mm -hmm. have that player. So every week because of that, like you can say all you want about Arteta's tactics are working. I think there's going to be a lot of these like one nil games. Um, so maybe you think, oh, maybe they'll take the under. But Villa, despite bringing in some good defensive pieces, is still not a team I really want to be touching in an under against a big six team because things can get out of hand uh, in a hurry there. Some of those bets, though, on the Villa side, like you mentioned, plus 400, plus 410 for Villa to win. Interesting price. Um, you know, this is an Aston Villa team that beat Liverpool by five goals, so it's worth looking at something like, I know you're going to laugh at this, minus one and a half goals Aston Villa, plus 1,300, 13 to one if you want a little oh. bit of fun. Uh, I'm not taking that. I just think those are kind of fun numbers to throw out there. Um, I lean no touch on this one, Tom. I Like, Arsenal minus one, you can get them at plus 123. That feels like a push protection bet to me. I could totally see Arsenal winning this by just the one goal. Um you know, I think if you want to have some fun with it and just like drop a quarter unit or a half unit and, and take Villa on one of those plays, that might be the more fun play. Uh, I'm not sure if it's necessarily the smarter play, but I'm not touching anything here. Yeah, if I do anything, it's a, it's a lottery ticket. It's a flyer on Villa in this game and counting on Arsenal to have one of those weird Arsenal performances that they really haven't had that much this year. They've been a more consistent team and yeah, it, it, it just makes it tough to take a side in this game overall because, again, the value isn't quite there. If it is, it's on Villa, and you have to ask yourself, do I really, really want to be taking that? Now, that's going to wrap up the Premier League slate, but let's take a trip over to Italy because we've got a couple plays over there. I'm liking Lazio-Juventus. Juventus is practically even money, minus 103 to win this game. Ronaldo's back in the lineup. I, I think I got to go with Juve here at, when, when you're getting even money on a game. 
like another one where the prices just seem completely out of whack there, similar to how I felt with the with the City Liverpool game. Part of the whole Lazio conversation in recent weeks has been COVID nineteen. You know, I they they have that weird situation uh, going to Belgium where they had to play like half of their youth team. Um, they're getting most of these guys back for this match, but you have to remember, and we, we think about similar things with a lot of the COVID stuff that's happening in the NFL. When a guy's not practicing, when he's completely away from the team for two weeks, I think that's a scary situation going up against one of the best teams in the world on their day. I don't love this UBA team, you know, compared to past years, but yeah. when you're talking about domestically, like it's still one of the best teams. Um, I think you have to fade Lazio in this. I, I would absolutely follow you on that Juve play. Um, obviously, CR is back. So, yeah, I a couple of really fun games in Serie A. That's going to be, I think, a fun game, but I would definitely go Juve. Now, moving on, you have a play in Atlanta, Atalanta versus Inter, the two other Italian teams in the Champions League, and – Really both disappointing so far in the Champions League, I'd say, but they're going up against each other domestically here. What do you got? Yeah, Atalanta, Atalanta La Dea got completely shellacked in midweek. Inter also lost. Um, I, these are two teams that I love to touch. I have really this entire calendar year. So if they're playing each other, you know what I'm going to do, Tom. I'm taking the over three and a half. You can get an even price on this. Let's look at some of these numbers. Atalanta and Inter, they're second and third in expected goals and also an actual goal scored in Serie A. So, like, they're insanely good going forward. Um, terrible beat, by the way, for me with Atalanta uh, last week. I had the over three and a half in that Crotone game, mainly because I love to say Crotone. Uh, grabbed the over in it. Three goals in the first half, Tom. None in the second half. So, the over did not hit. Pretty rough beat. Uh, if you were to talk to me at halftime, I was feeling good, less so at the full-time whistle. But I don't think that's going to happen in this one. Eight of Atalanta's nine matches this year in all comps would cover this over three and a half. Only that disappointing Crotone game was the only one that would not. Uh, really should have been all nine, if you ask me. Enter just five of their nine would have covered this. But two Atalanta defenders probably aren't going to play in this game. Gossens and Darun, so I think they're going to be even worse defensively than usual. Um, Lukaku, also questionable. We don't know when he's going to come back. So if you're arguing against taking the over here, that's the argument. But I don't think you should overthink this because of that. I think Atalanta's defense is bad enough. I think their offense is good enough. I think Inter's offense, you know, even without Lukaku at midweek, they scored two goals against Real Madrid. Um, I think you're going to hit this over. Even Price, I love it. If you want to wait for the lineups to see if Lukaku plays, I don't blame you there. But to be honest with you, I think this Price – moves in the wrong direction um i like it at even right now so i'm taking it maybe today at over three and a half all right i'm a little worried by the inter about inter's ability to score goals right now i think that might hurt them but this is a game with a leaky atalanta defense and a very powerful atalanta offense i like when those combine and i could really i i, I could see myself following you on that play but i'm probably gonna sit that one out but you've got to play with the other inter as well yeah, we're going to MLS decision day on Sunday. Next week, by the way, we're going to do a whole MLS future show. So uh, those of you that are, uh, you know, big American, we're also going to talk probably some U.S. men's national team. So big American soccer week next week. But uh, for now, just a couple of MLS individual game plays. People are going to scratch their head at why I'm taking this one. It's interns in FC Cincinnati. Um, arguably I already two see where you're going. Yeah, do you? Arguably two of the worst teams in the league. Um the goal line here is a little interesting, okay? So let's just think about this for a second. Inter, they've only scored more than one goal in one of their last six games, okay? They've lost three of their last four. Um, now, before I go on to the Cincy side of this, Inter does have a chance, an outside chance at making the playoffs. So you have to always think about stakes. Cincinnati, they're not playing for anything. Um, so that would be the case for taking anything Inter. But if you look at Cincy, They've only lost, I know they lose a lot, <laughs> but they've only lost one of their last six by more than a goal. Now, it happened to be the last game against Atlanta United, but they, Atlanta didn't play that well. This Atlanta team is not very good. I say that as an Atlanta United fan. Um, they won that game because they basically hit two of their three shots and put it in the back of the net. Um, I'm going Cincy, plus one and a quarter. Wow. In this game, Tom, plus 1.25, so that's plus one and plus one and a half. Um, I could see this being, you know, a bet where half of it pushes, but the other half uh, ends up hitting on that plus one and a half. 
I would be shocked if Inter wins this game by more than a goal, looking at where these two teams have trended in recent weeks. Sometimes you like to look at, you know, who's the better team? Yes, Inter is. But the map is just off on this game. I'm going Cincinnati. All right, that is not where I thought you were going with that one, but that's going to be a very interesting play. The thing with MLS betting to me is you might as well take your money over to the roulette table. It is all over the place. Any team can truly beat any other team. To me, it's the most entertaining league in the world just because of the fact that you don't know what's going to happen. It is the least predictable league. Parity reigns king, and I think that is honestly good for the sport. I love watching MLS. I loved watching my San Jose Earthquakes clinch a playoff spot with a with a 3-2 win over LAFC last night. That was a great game for us. So now we go into decision day not having to worry about anything. But you do have one more play in MLS this week. RSL versus Sporting Kansas City. Where are you looking there? Yeah, this one's going to look a little more sensible on surface level. I'm going Sporting at a plus price, plus plus price, plus 130. Um I don't really understand how you can get Sporting Plus in this. Now, part of that is, like you say, putting the money in the roulette wheel, right? Like, sometimes being a favorite uh, doesn't make any sense in this league. But Sporting has a chance in this game to grab the top seed in the West. All they have to do is win, right? Like, there's all these different scenarios on Sunday, on decision day. Some teams are like, oh, we have to win. And, and three other teams have to lose. And this team has to draw. Sporting, if they win this game, they get the top seed in the West. That's it. That's all they have to do. Um, now, a way to Real historically can be a tricky fixture. That's why I assume the numbers in this are where they are uh, and why Sporting isn't maybe a minus 110 or like even. And you can get them at plus 130. But, you know, they've won four of six since the start of October. They have the third best expected goals in the league uh, uh, against uh, RSL with the fourth worst expected goals against in the league. That just seems like a good matchup for Sporting, especially with the stakes already attached to it. I love a game that they have to win. I'm kind of going against the logic I said in the Inter game where, yeah, Inter could make the playoffs. But again, Inter-Miami is one of these teams that needs so much to go right for them, including a win. I just like the cleanliness of a team just, you know, before the game starts, just saying, hey, go out there, win the game. Don't worry about anything else. And Sporting KC has certainly proven this season that they're good enough to do so. I like them at a plus price, plus 130. Now let's move on. We have one more game on the docket to get to here today. Maybe a, not, quite as, not quite as tantalizing of a fixture, certainly not as high profile as Sporting KC versus RSL. But over in Germany, Dirk Klassiker, Borussia Dortmund versus Bayern Munich. And... You know, this is a game you always have to watch. If you've got that ESPN Plus subscription, you're getting that Bundesliga. Oh, this is, this is going to be another good one, especially with how competitive Dortmund has been the last season or two. This team looks so good now. Going to be their last game with Gio Reyna before he heads off to the U.S. Men's National Team camp for the break. But, oh, are you excited for this match? Oh, it's going to be awesome. You mentioned ESPN Plus. So, like, over in England, they're doing this pay-per-view thing where, like, for example, West Brom Burnley a few weeks ago, you would have had to pay $15 just to watch that game as if it's, like, a prize fight. Um, yeah. You can get ESPN Plus for, like, a bundle with, like, everything else for, like, 10 or 15 bucks a month. Um, that's worth it alone just to watch this game. Like, that's incredible. Uh, th this is – this and the City-Liverpool game make for a really exciting kind of big fixture soccer weekend – I'm not betting this because I actually have no idea what's going to happen. Both teams in good form. Both teams are really good. Bayern, though, yeah, they're probably one of the three best teams in the world. They might even be the best team in the world. Um, you know, I go back to a, a play that I teased on last week's show where I said I was going to take Bayern minus one and a half, minus two at a slight plus price in the Champions League, a game that looked terrible for me because it was 2-2 against Salzburg in the midweek in Champions League. And Bayern ended up winning that game 6-2, to two, scoring four goals in like 12 minutes. Um, just absolutely insane. But that's what Bayern can do, Tom. Like, they can just score in heaps. I would not be shocked if they do that against Dortmund either. But, you know, Dortmund is in really good form as well. Um, you mentioned Gio Reyna. I think from an American perspective, that's worth the cost of admission alone, or at least the TV admission in this case. Um you know, I, I don't like it from a gambling POV. I haven't seen anything that I love because I don't want um, really – this is like the one where I'm not going to take Bayern on anything. 
but uh, not going to bet against them either, Tom. So uh, this is just pure entertainment for me. I agree. It's going to be a fun game. It's not, certainly not going to make it into my best bets, but I'm taking a little money on the draw. I'm feeling a little frisky here. And for some reason, when I look back at this game on this, on this fixture list, I'm just looking like I don't think anyone comes out of here with all three points. And I think that Dortmund is good enough to hang on and quell this Bayern offense and keep this game at something like it might end up being a shootout. And if it is, I think you give the, you give favor to Bayern, but I could see this game finishing one, one, two, two. Give me the draw a little plus, uh, a little plus three twenty. not going to be a best bet. Might be putting a unit on it. Might only be a half unit, but I think it's a fun thing to give me a little extra to root for in what's going to be a really, really fantastic contest. Draw would probably be where I go. Um, you know me, I love a draw play, Tom. Um, as, as my moves last week would, uh, would show uh, did not come through. But I think in this case, like, you know, just value-wise, that's probably the move. I'm not going to take it, but that would probably be my play. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm making a play to make a play in this game and have a little fun with it. And I, I, I just have that ink. I'm going with my gut on this one. This isn't a play that's coming from stats. This isn't a play that's coming from anything other than just a sheer intuition, which is probably going to be wrong given my record recently with best bets. But maybe we can turn that around this week as well. I'm 1-1-6 one, one minus four units. Not a great start so far. I'm also trying to figure out how exactly that math works out since that only leads me to eight plays. But that's something that I'll solve later on. We'll because right now, let's talk. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. Maybe it's 1-1-7. One, one it's even worse than I thought. But let's talk about our best bets here. Uh, do you want to go first? Sure. I think we might share one of these based on what you were hinting earlier. Um, the only reason why this, I'm just going to preface this by saying it, uh, is one of my best bets is because I don't think it's a great gambling slate. I think it's a good entertainment slate across Europe. Not great necessarily from a wagering POV. Um, but despite no Danny Ings, despite all the caveats I said, Southampton minus 108 against a bad Newcastle defense. I have a lot of Southampton intrigue this year because I have a top 10 future with them, Tom. And I have a top six future with them, both pre-season. Um, the top six gives me 10 to one. The top 10 gives me plus money. I think the top 10 looks like, I won't say a lock, but it looks pretty good. Having seen the rest of the field this year, right now, Southampton's in fifth. I don't think they're going to finish in the top six, but it's a flyer, I think, uh, that'll continue to be fun to watch as the season goes on. Um, but yeah, certainly in this matchup, Newcastle's pretty bad. Newcastle's pretty bad. Like, Caleb Wilson, fun striker. They can do some interesting things going forward. They have my former Atlanta United boy, Mickey Almiron, uh, who surprisingly is not quite the same player in the English Premier League as he was in MLS. Slightly different leagues. Uh, <laughs> but I think Southampton's a much better team than Newcastle. Solid price, minus 108. You know, yeah, it's minus, but it's close enough to even. It's a good price. I'm going Southampton, best bet. Yeah, normally we try and differentiate our best bets. We try and pick different games, but... I don't have much of a choice. I, I have to take Southampton here. The, it was a bet that I was thinking about before we even got on the show today. It just shows that our minds are alike on this one. And so I got to lock in that same exact bet, which is why I'll move on to my second pick here. And I'm taking that Jota 8-1. to one. I, I think that that's, that, that that's where I have to go on this. It's a chance to really boost my unit count. And... I, I think he's going to score. I think he's been on such an incredible run of form and you're getting that extra price because of the fact that he's coming off the bench. That's, that's where I'm going and what's going to be a fantastic game debate debated putting the Liverpool side as a best bet as well. But this is where I'm going for my best bet here. Yeah. I mean, if that hits, which it totally could, you're going to wipe away a lot of those losses, Tom, in one place. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that for you specifically, especially. <laughs> um, I'm also touching that game, Tom. I'm touching that game. Yep. I, I'm, I might trail you on uh, the Jota play, just, uh, you know, maybe a small unit. I think that's a really interesting bet. Uh, but I'm going Liverpool. I'm going Liverpool plus 240. Uh, as I've said, I think there's been a massive overreaction to some of their slips earlier in the season. And for some reason, despite their recent form, some of the numbers haven't completely adjusted back. Plus 240 seems like an insanely good price to get them at in this. Yeah, I understand. Man City, Still good in a lot of ways. Maybe there is also an overreaction against them 
right now because they are still playing very well in the Champions League and they're getting some of these results in England too, just maybe not blowing teams away in the same way that we've seen City teams do in the past. But I have to follow the value on this one, Tom. I think Liverpool is still the best team in England. I'm taking them plus 240. I mean, I'm right there with you. That's not going to be my final play because then we have two best bets that are mirroring each other, and that is just absolutely no fun. But that is a game that I am a 1,000% on my way to the sports book to go put a ticket on. My third play, though, is going to be Juventus minus 103 versus Lazio. For all of the reasons we talked about, you've got CR7 back. This Juventus team still wins Scudettos, and this is one of the games that they have to pick up in order to win that Scudetto yet again. They're going to be focused – Lazio getting a lot of guys back from the COVID list, but that's still a lot of time that they have to make up and recover. I'm going with Juve, minus 103, final best bet, lock it in. I'm also going to Italy, but a different game for my third best bet, going that over three and a half even money in Atalanta. Inter, as I said, second and third most offensive teams in the league. You have some worries about Inter scoring the goals. I think they'll do enough, and I think really more than anything, it's the Atalanta side of this, both offensively and defensively. They can score goals, and they're already bad defensively. You take out two-fourths of that back line, as it looks like, will be missing with injury in this game. Three and a half is a big number. I'm not denying that. You know, I lost an over three and a half play involving Atalanta last week. So this is a bit of a bold move for me to go back to an over three and a half Atalanta well. But again, every single game they've played in all competitions this year, except for, of course, the one I bet last week, naturally, uh, has hit the over involving, has hit the over three and a half involving Atalanta if that was the total number. Um, so, therefore, I have to take it. Go la dea, forza. Hey, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, won't get fooled again. That's going to do it for us here. Those are our best bets for the week. Run them down one more time for us, Taylor. All right. In England, going Southampton, minus 108. In England, going Liverpool, plus 240 against Man City. And in Italy, going over three and a half, even price, Atalanta Inter. And I'm going Southampton minus 108 in England. Also in England in the same game, uh, in the Liverpool game with you. I'm going Jota plus 800 to score. And then I'm wrapping it up in Italy with Juventus minus 103. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Don't forget, follow us on social media. You can find me at TV at work on Twitter. Taylor, where can they find you? You can find me at ATLTWIL on Twitter. He makes it as confusing as possible. Don't <laughs> forget to download the Book It Sports app. Thank you so much to Book It Sports for being our support and being our network. We are proud to call them home. You can follow them on Twitter at Book It HQ. Uh, like, subscribe, and share. If you like the show, let us know. Tweet at us with your best bets of the week. We want to hear from you. We'll talk about it on the show. If you guys, if you guys tweet at us, we will absolutely be giving you shout-outs next week on the show. We'll be back with a full MLS preview for the playoffs. We'll be talking a little international break, too, seeing how we can make some money there. But for now, that's going to do it for us. Have a good day, everybody.